0: Let's turn to the book of Acts, chapter 10, and verse 44. <clears throat> book of Acts, chapter 10, and verse 44. <clears throat> God has sent me different people. Uh, is this a little loud? I think this might be a little loud. It sounds like it's loud to me. Um, <clears throat> I've had God send people to me at certain times of my life, and they have been um, a great help to me. I can think of people who helped me grow in my early walk with God, and uh, I can think of friends who <clears throat> invested in me and helped me learn how to do ministry, uh, pastor friends, and, and others who have invested in me. But, uh, I, you know, I thank God for all those people, but, you know, I thank God most of all. For the gift of the Holy Spirit. Because the Holy Spirit is the one who can help us more than anyone else can help us uh, in this Christian life. And in the ministries that we do for him. Uh, And we desperately need him in the Christian life. If you know Jesus, you have the Holy Spirit living within you. If you don't know Jesus, you don't have the Holy Spirit living within you. But he can come. To live within you as you repent and put your trust in Jesus Christ. Uh, the scripture teaches that the Spirit comes at conversion, and then we can be filled with the Spirit uh, different times uh, throughout our Christian lives. And it praise God, there is new grace for each and every day. Uh, the scripture we're gonna look at today is uh, a scripture about the coming of the Spirit. And I said part two because part one happened at Pentecost, all right? So this is part two, and God is putting his stamp of approval upon the Gentiles as a people. Thank God for that. Uh, Without becoming a Jew, without uh, being circumcised as usually Gentile converts to Judaism had to be, uh, God sends his spirit uh, upon this group of Gentiles listening to Peter preach, And their lives are turned upside down. God begins to minister to them profoundly and to uh, enable them to worship Him and to glorify His name. Uh, Some of them speak in tongues. And that is to show the comparison between Pentecost, where the Spirit was poured out upon the Jews, and now where it's being poured out. Upon the Gentiles. This was for the Jewish people who were present. So they could observe and see the same thing that happened at Pentecost has happened now as the Spirit is given to the Gentiles. All right? So um, the Spirit uh, in, in His coming will come upon every believer who has trusted in Jesus Christ. Um, there is no second condition. Uh, of salvation, which is the, the baptism of the Spirit that some, some claim is necessary for salvation. Uh, no such teaching is found in Scripture. Uh, you are saved by the blood of Jesus and by the blood of Jesus alone. The old rugged cross makes the difference uh, in, as far as our eternal security and our salvation are concerned. But the Spirit Himself does come when we trust In Jesus. And then He comes throughout our Christian life at different times to minister to us and to help us. And uh, what a wonderful, profound blessing that is. Uh, You say, well, preacher, this is a Baptist church. Uh, What does all this talk about the Holy Spirit? Well, can I tell you something? The Holy Spirit isn't just for Pentecostals, the Holy Spirit is for all God's people. And He is a blessing. Uh, that is, is in a need that, that, that we have in order to serve God and to love God and to relate to God as God intends. So uh, there's some wonderful things that we can see as we look at these few verses about the coming of the Spirit to see how He comes in our lives as believers. And so we need to thank and praise God every day for the great blessing of the Holy Spirit that He has sent to us. Uh, The title of my message is, The Coming of the Spirit, Part 2. So look with me at verse 44 of Acts, Chapter 10. While Peter was still speaking these words, the Holy Spirit came down on all those who heard the message. The circumcised believers who had come with Peter were amazed... "...because the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out even on the Gentiles. For they heard them speaking in other tongues and declaring the greatness of God. Then Peter responded, "...can anyone withhold water and prevent these people from being baptized, who have received the Holy Spirit just as we have?" He commanded them to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ." Then they asked him to stay for a few days. So the coming of the Spirit. How does the Spirit come? Uh, well, first of all, I want you to see that he comes eagerly. He comes eagerly. If you look in verse 44, it says the Holy Spirit came down. Now that, that phrase, came down, in the original literally means to fall upon the Spirit fell upon them. Uh, and when you fall, it is sudden and quick, right? Uh, I, I don't see people falling slowly unless they're intending to fall, right? Uh, it happens usually more quickly than you would like. Maybe you don't get that hand out there in front of your face. I remember when I was a little boy, I fell and uh, fell off a bike. Uh, my friend neglected to tell me the bike had no brakes. And uh, I fell off the bike, and I, my forehead hit the pavement and I had this big red thing, it was bigger than a strawberry, I won't call it a strawberry, on the center of my forehead, and I wore that around for a while (laughs) in the days following. Uh, So a fall is usually sudden. uh, But one of the the ideas or the nuances of this word is that uh, it can show an eagerness. So you come eagerly, right? Uh, I think of the situation of the prodigal son. You remember... Uh, the prodigal son he he asks his father he says, "Give me my inheritance uh, I know you 're not dead yet, but I want my inheritance i 'm going to go and uh, and have some fun with this money uh, that you 've worked so hard to earn and uh, He goes and he spends his money in all this sinful, wild living, and uh, he just squanders it all finally he 's come to the end of it. And he's, he's sitting there thinking about how good it would be to eat some of the pig food as he, as he feeds the pigs. And he says, hey, wait a second here. Uh, at my father's house, his servants do a whole lot better than I'm doing. I'm going to go back to my father. And he's, he's got his speech worked out. And he's, he's you know, I, I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Just make me like one of your servants. And, uh, and he, he comes over the hill, and the father is just overwhelmed. He sees his son. And he's been waiting, apparently every day, watching the hill where his son left. And he sees his son come over, and he just begins to run. He throws his arms around his son. His son's trying to give his speech, and the father's not listening. He says, go get my robe and my best string and kill the fatted calf, because my son's come home. That's eager coming right the father nobody had to convince the father he didn't have to have a speech his love caused him to eagerly run to his son and by the way if you don't know Jesus can I tell you you have the same response to you if you'll come to him in repentance and faith for his eternal life that is his heart for you but it's not just the father's heart It's not just the Lord Jesus' heart. It's the Spirit's heart. The Spirit fell upon And what is so neat about this, Peter was not eager. You remember Peter? Uh, He he has this vision of the the food, the clean and unclean animals, every kind of animal are there. Uh, God says, kill and eat. And he says, I've never eaten anything unclean. I'm I'm not going to do that. And God has to convince him. He says, look, don't you call common what I have cleansed. And so Peter reluctantly, slowly, almost grudgingly, then takes an action. But but you see, the Spirit didn't do that. The Spirit falls upon the people, these Gentiles, these quote quote unclean people. And God's saying, don't you call them unclean whom I have cleansed and the spirit comes not slowly not grudgingly not well I'm not sure about this no he comes eagerly he comes eagerly and quickly can I tell you something I have found that the Holy Spirit comes eagerly not just at conversion but he comes eagerly in the Christian life um, there have been times, I, I, I'm thinking of one time I was early in my ministry. I was uh, having some, some problems in my church, and I, I remember I was just burdened one night. Uh, I was the only person up and I'm in my home, and I I just telling the Lord about my issues and the problems. And I just felt the presence of God come into that room. The Holy Spirit came, and he began to minister his peace to my soul. And it was just so profound, and I knew everything was going to be okay. He eagerly came to me in my need. Can I tell you something? God has done that so many times in my life where he has come to me when I've been at a place where I needed him. He is not grudging. That, listen, he's not grudging towards you. A lot of people think, well, uh, it, to truly walk filled with the Spirit, I've got to be somebody, I've got to be a preacher or at least a Sunday school teacher in order to be filled with the Spirit. No, you don't. The Spirit is eager to come upon God's people. So uh, keep your sins confessed, that can be a relational barrier. Okay. don't want to quench the Spirit of God. Surrender to Him, trust Him, and ask for the filling of the Spirit. See what God will do. Ask in faith and see how God will minister to you. The Spirit will come eagerly. Uh, Another thing to mention here, and we are told in chapter 11, we're told that they repented and trusted in Jesus. So this is not the Spirit coming before repentance, okay? Just so you know that, they they repent and they trust in Jesus as Peter begins to preach. And the Spirit eagerly comes down. Uh, So uh, notice... The Spirit comes down on all of them. It doesn't say he came down on the people that were good looking. Or the people that had money. Or the people that were from a certain side of the tracks. Did you know that God is no respecter of persons? That he does not uh, show partiality. But that all people who come to the cross find redemption. All people who trust in the Lord and surrender to Him and ask for the filling of the Holy Spirit will receive the filling of the Holy Spirit because He comes eagerly. So, the, what does God want us to understand about the coming of the Holy Spirit? Uh, how does He come? He comes eagerly. Secondly, He comes lovingly. He comes lovingly. Uh, those, that same little phrase there, came down on or fall upon. Another nuance of that word is that it is used when you fall upon somebody's neck to give them a hug. All right? Uh, I, I just think of Joseph. You remember the story of Joseph? He hasn't seen his father in years, and it, 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 they, they fall upon one another, and they begin to weep because they've been reunited after such a long period of time apart, and there's this tenderness and this love that's there. Um. A few years ago, uh, a friend of mine shared that she had been going, she was going through a divorce and uh, she'd just been hurting and uh, she heard that Toby Mac song and, and love broke through. Okay? She's listening to this Toby Mac song and she said, it was like all of a sudden, it, I just felt like God was giving me a hug. I said, that's the Holy Spirit. <laughs> I said, that is the Holy Spirit. Comforting you and showing his love to you in a time when you're struggling. He's falling upon you in love. Can I tell you something? God does that for his people. He loves us, right? What do you do when you're little children? Uh, struggle, and when they're maybe they're they're sad, or they're um, uh, maybe they're hurt, maybe they've uh, been wounded, they've fallen down outside, skinned their knee, or whatever the case. Do you say, "Hey, suck it up, Buttercup"? That was one of my son's favorite saying when he was a teenager. <laughs> suck it up, Buttercup. Um, no, you don't say that, right? You you love that child, you you encourage that child, you comfort that child. Maybe you put some. Uh, Uh, ointment on that knee and put a Band-Aid on it. If you're a mom, maybe you kiss that knee to make it feel better. Why? Because you love that child, right? God loves you the same way, even in a greater way. And the Spirit comes lovingly. I think the Holy Spirit knew that as these Gentile believers... Uh, were being converted and received into the kingdom. They had been told all their lives that those that had been trying to, to uh, be God-fearers, that Gentiles were outsiders. Uh, you had to become a Jew to be accepted. And I think God just knew they needed a special measure of His love at that moment as they were being converted. So the Spirit falls upon them, not just eagerly, but in love and just fills them with his joy and his presence this is the heart of our god um so when you when you love somebody there is a tenderness toward that person right I I remember I I first brought my daughter. She's my firstborn. Okay, everybody thinks David's older, but Megan's my firstborn. Okay, and uh, Megan, when we brought her home from the hospital, it had been about two days, and I was having my quiet time, and it just hit me. God loves me because He calls me. He calls Himself my Father. God loves me like I love her. And I began to weep. How great a love. And and even in a greater way than I as a sinful human father could ever love. He loves me. He has a tender heart toward me. That is an amazing, amazing thought. The Holy Spirit came lovingly upon them. So how does the Holy Spirit come? He comes eagerly. He comes lovingly. Thirdly, he comes graciously. Look at verse 45. The circumcised believers who had come with Peter were amazed. Why? Because the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out even on the Gentiles. On them? Really? The Spirit's coming upon them? Are you kidding me? That's, that's, that's kind of kind of the attitude they have. They, they were shocked. It went against everything they expected. Some people think, well, the Holy Spirit will only come upon super saints. Uh, the Holy Spirit will only come upon those who have their act together. If that were true, there would not be a single one of us who would ever have the Holy Spirit come upon us because the Bible says our righteousness is as filthy rags to God. By the way, there's nobody ever saved because they're good enough either. You only come through the blood of Jesus, the grace of God. By grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. Notice what he says, the gift of the Holy Spirit. You don't receive the Holy Spirit because you earn Him. You don't receive the Holy Spirit because you're some kind of phenomenon. You receive the Holy Spirit out of God's grace and God's grace alone. It's a gift. I tell people I'm trying to explain that salvation is a gift. I say, you know, I give my kids a gift at, at Christmas time, I don't expect them to mow the grass for it. It's a gift, right? It's a free gift of God's grace love. The Spirit, He is a gift of God's grace. He comes graciously. He doesn't come because I deserve it. He comes in spite of me. And that is just a wonderful thing. Now, it is true that I can hinder the relationship I have with the Holy Spirit through my sin. Okay? That's why I need to keep my sins confessed. I, I don't want to quench the Spirit of God. Uh, I can hinder my relationship with Him, but He doesn't come to me based on my performance. He comes as a gift of God's grace. You know what I've found? Often the Spirit has ministered to me when I have deserved it the least. Have you ever just blown it? Have you ever had one of those days where it just seemed like the whole day was a complete failure? You know, and, and you you come you come to the the presence of the Lord the next day and you're like, okay, God, I don't even deserve to be here. I I've just so blown it. I I you know, uh my, hanging my head, you know, I'm confessing my sin. I've got plenty of it to confess. And God, I have just completely failed you. And and you just don't you don't feel worthy. You feel unworthy. Peter. Knows it's Jesus on the shore. Jesus said, so cast your net on the other side. And for the second time, the net's filled with fish. Peter says, go away from me. For I am a sinful man. Have you ever felt that way in your life? Go away from me. God, I'm, I'm just not worthy. I'm not deserving, God. Go away from me. I'm a sinful man. And he jumps in the water, he (laughs) swims to shore, Jesus has a meal with him, and then he recommissions him. Peter denied him three times, he recommissions Peter three times. Do you love me, Peter? Feed my sheep, shepherd my sheep, feed my lambs. I'm not done with you, Peter, I still have a plan for you. It's not about your performance, Peter. You're saved as a gift of my grace. The Holy Spirit comes as a gift of God's grace. And what I have found is I come to God with my head hung over like I'm Lord. I have failed you. Here I am. God, <laughs> you put me in your remedial program. Uh, you know, I, and I feel that way. And the Holy Spirit of God will come to me. Perhaps it's a, it's a verse I read in a scripture that talks about the grace of God. I remember one time, I, one day like, like that, I opened up that song that said, Blessed is he whose transgression is forgiven and whose sin is covered. Woo! Hallelujah! <laughs> God has extended His grace to me. And the Spirit of God would touch my heart as I read that verse. This is for you, Roger. My grace is sufficient for you. The Spirit of God comes graciously. Don't think you've got to have your act together and have all the I's dotted and all the T's crossed to ever have the Spirit in your life. He will work and move in your life in His grace. And praise God for it. So, the coming of the Spirit, how does He come? Well, he comes eagerly, he comes lovingly, he comes graciously, and he comes personally. Now, we read a few verses ago about him coming upon all of those, and all, apparently, uh, of Cornelius's family members and friends, repent and trust in Jesus, as chapter 11 tells us. Uh, And the Spirit comes on all of them. Verse 46 says, "...for they heard him." For they heard them speaking in other tongues and declaring the greatness of God. Now, there's no indication that there are people that could understand these languages here. So, um, the declaring the greatness of God is probably a praise in their native language. Um, And so, they say, hey, the same thing that happened at Pentecost is happening here. God has saved the the Gentiles. He's poured out His Spirit upon the Gentiles. But what I want you to see here is that each individual person was responding to God. You see that? God doesn't just save groups. He saves individuals. The Spirit comes personally. Um... God is a personal God. He says, uh, fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by my name. You are mine. You see, each one of God's children is precious to the Lord. Each one of us matters to Him. And the Spirit of God will come in a very personal way way. Um, Some of you have certain gifts that I don't have, and I've got gifts that you don't have, and God has done that on purpose. Uh, You've got different personalities in this room, right? We're not all the same. Some of you have strengths where others of us have weaknesses. But did you know that God knows where you are perfectly? And He doesn't minister to you in the same way He ministers to me. He ministers to you personally. He sees your specific needs, your specific weaknesses, uh, how you need to hear Him. And He comes and ministers to you in that specific way. Uh, have you ever noticed Jesus ministered to people in different ways? you ever noticed that about the, the Scripture? Uh, he did miracles in different ways. Uh, he, he did uh, His preaching. Oftentimes, uh, even though the, the heart of the gospel is the same, The gospel was not always shared in exactly the same way. It was shared according to specific needs under the guidance of the Spirit, right? Why? Because the Spirit ministers personally. Did you know God ministers to this church in a personal way in sending a specific type of pastor to you? He ministers to another church down the road in a different way because they need somebody else, right? God knows what we need, and He meets us where we are. He knows when we're up, we might need a verse on humility, right? He knows when we're down, we might need encouragement. And He ministers to us in the specific, personal way that we need Him to minister to to us as we call upon Him. And the Spirit comes to us very personally. Um, I've, I've, there have been times I have asked God to minister to me in a specific way because I felt a need, and God has answered that request. And then sometimes I've not asked for it, but the Spirit knew I needed it. And He provided what I needed. Maybe it was a, a message uh, through, through Scripture or uh, a conversation with a friend that provided an encouragement or perhaps some direction. In my life, but God knows where we are, and He deals with us personally. I love the Word of God. I'm convinced that this is the inspired Word of God. It is the breathed out message of our great Creator, and it is powerful, and it is sufficient. Uh, uh, All Scripture is given by inspiration of God. But can I tell you something? I am grateful for the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit can personalize Scripture to our hearts. Okay. Now, what I'm talking about here is not necessarily practice of how you interpret the Bible. Okay, You don't interpret the Bible uh, according to feeling. You interpret the Bible according to what is there and what's intended. Uh, and the Spirit can help with that as well and and reveal God's truth. But what I'm talking about here is personal ministry. God can take, through the Holy Spirit, He can personally apply His truth. Now, some people disagree with me about that, and that's okay. Um, But I think there are times where God will give you a specific verse for your life. And he'll just communicate to you. You read that verse, it's like it jumps off the page. It's like, this is for you. Um, There's sometimes a verse I've read many times, and I'll notice. I'll give you for example. I was serving in a previous church, and there was an individual there that uh, had caused a lot of trouble and difficulty in our church. And I had felt like in the past, the Holy Spirit had told me it's not yet time to confront him. And I was praying, and I had been praying about that earlier that day, and I came across a scripture in the book of Hebrews that talks about removing the root of bitterness. And I noticed something about that verse that I had never noticed before, and I felt the Holy Spirit quicken my heart and said, Now's the time to confront it. Okay. Now, I'm not preaching a message on confronting sin, although there's a place for that at times, um, but I, I share that with you to, sh- to give you a for example. I think the Holy Spirit can communicate to us in a special way through a Word of God that He applies specifically to us, so it's personal. Um, so, um, isn't it interesting that uh, if you look across denominations, I'm talking about Bible believing denominations, you look across Bible believing denominations and there are different things that they do? Some of them use liturgy, some of them uh, uh, have uh, high vaulted ceilings. Uh, you know, I mean, there's different ways that they worship. Have you ever wondered about that? Could it be that God has specific ways? He ministers to specific groups of people for a reason. Just a a thought. I think the Holy Spirit of God is very personal, and He knows what we need, and He ministers to us in a customized way, right? Have you ever felt like a number? You go into a business, and you just feel like a number. Isn't it great when somebody says, hey, uh, what is it you need, and uh, what are you looking for, and... And they take a genuine interest in you and they help you and they maybe make some suggestions. Well, what's your project? What are you doing in your project? Okay, well, here's some things you might consider. This might help you out. And they help you and, and it's a very personal interaction. That's what the Spirit does. He comes alongside us and He, uh, in His love and in His knowledge of our needs, He ministers very specifically and personally. To us. The Spirit told Paul, You're not to go this direction, you're going to go to Macedonia, right? That's very personal, right? He didn't tell the whole church that, he told Paul that, right? The Macedonian call. Uh, So the Spirit of God deals with us personally. Each one of these Gentile believers received the Spirit of God. We were touched by the Spirit of God, we were filled with joy and overflowing hearts of worship by the Spirit of God. And he, uh, they, they expressed it in different ways, but they were ministered to personally and specifically by the Lord. Uh, so, the coming of the Spirit, how does He come? He comes eagerly, He comes lovingly, He comes graciously, and He comes personally. And he's with you. He's with you for all time. Know you not that you are the temple of God and that the Spirit of God dwells in you? If you know Jesus Christ, he dwells in you. Take advantage of it and, uh, and relate to him. Be encouraged by him and live in that filling of the Spirit. Ask for the filling of the Spirit in your life. So you can live the full life God desires for you. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for the gracious gift of your Holy Spirit. Thank you, Father, that...